Welcome to the podcast of Medora Pentecostal Church. We are a growing community of believers committed to bringing hope and building lives. We pray today's message is a blessing to you. be going to Psalm 139, reading two verses as we begin. Psalmist says, for thou hast possessed my reins. You've covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise thee for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are thy works and that my soul knoweth right well. Today, with the help of the Lord, we're going to be talking on exposure to the light. Exposure to the light. Let's pray right now. God, I thank you for an opportunity to come and minister your word. I thank you, Lord, for an opportunity to hear your word today. I pray that you would speak as you would speak. God, anoint these imperfect lips that they might speak your will in a perfect time. God, in a perfect way, God, I pray that all glory and all honor will be unto you. Lord, I praise you and I thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. We're going to skip back to verse 13 once more. We're going to read that in the ESV. For you formed me. You formed my inward parts. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I love the picture there, the beautiful picture we see that he knit me together before I even came into this world. He knit me together. Every stitch of who I am, every piece of me and of you was carefully crafted, was purposefully woven together and designed to be exactly what it is. Every stitch of who you are was created by the one who only makes good things. Every piece of you was carefully crafted by the creator for a specific purpose at a specific time. And in the onset for this message today, and we'll be referring to it frequently throughout the message, we're going to talk about some basics of photography, some basics of photography. And much of what I talk about when I'm talking about the knowledge of photography comes from Camber Motion YouTube channel and, of course, from Timothy Gothra Photography. So specifically today, we're going to be talking about aperture, we're going to talk about shutter speed, and we're going to talk about ISO. And if you have no idea what that means, I didn't either until a few days ago. So we're going to dig into it, and I'm, I'm really excited about it. These three components, as I, as I understand, are the three key factors of making good photos and good videos. Your shutter speed, your aperture, and your ISO. Aperture controls the amount of light that hits your camera's sensor Uh, Shutter speed allows how long your camera sensor is exposed to the light, and ISO controls your sensitivity to the light. So aperture controls, um, sorry, I missed my spot there. Aperture controls the amount of light, shutter speed controls how long the light's exposed, and ISO controls your sensitivity to the light. So God being our light, today we're going to talk about how we are affected by the light. More importantly, how we allow ourselves to be affected by the light. How am I opening up and allowing him to come in? How long am I allowing him to come in? And how sensitive am I to him coming in, to him leading me, to him molding me, him shaping me? Because I want to be shaped by him. I want to be molded by him. I don't want this collection of mass here to be something that I have envisioned or somebody else has envisioned. I want it to be what the creator has intended it to be. And I wish the same for you. 
So let's talk about ISO today. ISO, it controls the sensitivity of your camera sensor to light. It's a great tool to use, especially in dark environments, because it makes you a little more flexible in shaping the moments that you capture. In dark environments, your sensitivity to light is crucial. In the world that we live in, in the dark world we live in, it's very, very crucial that you be sensitive to every bit of light. You be sensitive to every whisper that, he, that God sends our ways. You must be very, very sensitive to his will, to his word, to his leading, to his plan, to everything that he is doing to shape us, everything he is doing to try and mold us. We must be very, very sensitive because if we're not careful, we'll miss it. We'll miss it by all these things we're trying to fill our life with. We might miss a word. We might miss an opportunity. So today we're going to talk about turning up our sensitivity. Romans 12, verses 1 and 2. I beseech ye therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present yourself a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So we're going to look at something uh, together here. We're going to look at that word conformed. When we look at that word conformed, we get the word soon. We get the word soon. And when we look at that word, there we go. I was waiting for my remote to come up. Perfect. Be not conformed to this world. Conformed is soon. When we look at that word soon, we get a primary preposition denoting union, with, together, but much closer than 3326 and 3844. Companionship, process, resemblance, possession, instrumentality, addition, beside, and including completeness. So that's what God's talking about when he talks about our relationships, our relation to this world, how we walk with the cultures of this world, how we walk with the things of this world. He's telling us don't resemble them. He's telling us don't match what they're doing. Don't be an instrument of. Don't be controlled by. Don't be moved by. Hallelujah. So when we get, what's really cool is when we read that definition, we get two comparative precepts. We get two comparative words. I've lost connection. Excuse me for just one moment. Sister Bev, if you don't mind throwing that up, that slide. Perfect. Yeah. So this next word we get, we're going to look at this. This next word is 3326. So we get the word meta. All this is, is these are words that appear throughout your Bible. These are words that appear throughout your Bible. And as we study this, it tells us that it's much closer than 3326, which denotes accompaniment, amid, your local, your casual, or your associated with, your accusative succession. We're going to jump into that later. So what it tells us is it's much further than just being casual with sin. What he's telling us not to be conformed by, it's something much more than just sin is in the vicinity. Sin is around, and you're casual with that. That's the beginning of relationship with sin. Sin is around, and you're okay with that. Sin, the temptation presents itself. You don't flee as Joseph did, but you're casual. It's a low-key relationship with sin, but it's a sin relationship with sin nonetheless. So then we jump back to our next word, 3844. So 3844 gives us the word para. Para means near, right beside, figuratively or literally, in the vicinity of, objectively or subjectively, especially beyond or opposed to casual or local. It's way beyond casual. So you start with casual. You start with, well, sin is present 
I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna play it off cool. I'm gonna play off everything's okay. There's some things around at work. There's some things around in my home. There's some things around as I go about my daily routine. But I don't want to be a radical. I don't want to get real crazy. I'm just gonna, I'm gonna just see if I can get comfortable with these things that are around me. And before you know it, you're para. And para means you're right next to it. It's right with you. It's right close to you. And you're comfortable with that. You're comfortable with that. So in our definition for meta, one last thing I want to pull out, this accusative succession here. At the very bottom, accusative succession. If you didn't know what that meant at first, you're in good company. I looked it up for us. Accusative means the word expresses the object of an action or the goal of emotion. So we know it's about to reveal the intentions of. It's about to show me the motives of sin. What's sin's intentions with me? We're about to look at that. And that is succession. Succession is any number or group of people of things or, or things that are shared a specific characteristic and following after one another. Sin's intention with you is to have all of you. Sin wants, you to, want, sin wants to be all you think about. Sin wants to be everything you're consumed with. It wants to be your every thought. It wants to be your every desire. It wants to be everything. It wants to walk right with you and progressively get to that moment where, as we read in Romans 12, where you're soon, where you're in union with. You're walking hand in hand. It's your companion. It's a piece of who you are. It's everything of who you are. And I'm getting ahead of myself. Andrew Fletcher is an 18th century Scottish politician. He was quoted in saying, let me make the songs of a nation I care not who makes its laws, end quote. What an incredible observation here. Let me make the songs of a nation. I don't care who makes its laws. The media of the culture does more to govern than any law or set of laws. The media that I intake does more to uh, affect who I am, more to shape and to mold who I am than any law ever has. When you control the media and the entertainment of a nation or a culture, you begin to grip their hearts. You begin to guide the way they think. You begin to guide the way they act or react to certain things. You begin to guide the way they think. You begin to insert yourself into their hearts. So I say to us, be careful of the media that we're taking in. Be careful of what we're taking in. Be careful. Guide it next to the law, to the word. If it doesn't line up with God's word, I don't want it. If it starts to make my spirit uncomfortable, I don't want it. Because I don't want to progress. I don't want to go from meta to para to what, hey, wow, what happened? I'm in union with sin. I'm okay with this. I'm watching things and listening to things and scrolling a little bit slower past things than I ever would have before. So just to recap these relationship statuses with sin, as we see in stages, meta is local, sin is in the vicinity. You're not fleeing, you just want to see how it turns out. You're just a little curious to how that sin turns out that's in your peripheral vision. Secondly is para, you're casual, you're near, you're in a casual relationship, you're, you're comfortable, it's right beside you, it's near to you, it's in your thoughts, it's in things that you do, and you're okay with that, you're, you're comfortable with that. And thirdly, ultimately, we read in Romans 12 is union, companionship. It's a part of who you are. It's a part of your daily routine. It has come in and it is beginning to shape your thoughts. It is not the light shaping your thoughts anymore. It is not God shaping our thoughts anymore. It is something else. It is the erroneous, the, the, the darkness that is around us. So in dark moments, you can close the slideshow if you, may, if you would. In dark moments, we must become more sensitive to light. Because if we're not careful, we'll get gloom and doom and think, well, everything around me is dark anyway, so what's the point of living for the light? But when you become more sensitive to light, or in photography, when you increase your ISO on your camera, it doesn't make the environment around you brighter, but it makes the light 
able to overcome the dark. So the light that you see isn't becoming more abundant in the picture. You're just able to overcome the darkness with light. John 1 and 5, reading in the Amplified Version, the light shines on in the darkness, and the darkness did not understand it. It did not overpower it. It did not appropriate it. It did not absorb it, and it is unreceptive to it. What a beautiful promise that I have. It doesn't matter how dark it is around me. If I allow my light to shine, no matter how little it may seem, no matter how drowned out it may seem in darkness, in conversation, in in reality that is around me, it doesn't matter because as I turn up my sensitivity, the light overcomes the darkness. Then all of a sudden I see God doing things that I had no idea about. All of a sudden I hear things God doing that I didn't know was there before. Romans 8, 1 and 2, there's now therefore no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus who walk not after the flesh but after the Spirit. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus hath made me free from the law of sin and death. So we see there as we live in the law, as we live in the law of the spirit by the spirit, as we choose to walk after the spirit, as we choose to turn up our sensitivity to light and ignore darkness, as we choose, we then receive deliverance from the bondage of sin because we choose to live according to the spiritual law that Jesus shows us in his word. We then receive deliverance from the prison of feeding our flesh. When I start focusing on the light, when I start focusing on God's word, when I start focusing on his voice, as Pastor Pastor talked about on Tuesday, when I start listening to his voice, I receive deliverance from hearing any other voices. And when I quit taking those voices in and attune my ear to God, I can hear the light. I can see the light. I begin to be formed by the light. I am being exposed to the light. So now let's talk about shutter speed. Shutter speed controls how long the light hits your sensor. When you allow a slower shutter speed, more light will get in the frame, allowing for a brighter picture. Inversely, if you have a faster shutter speed, less light will be allowed in the frame, and it will result in a darker image. So the question is, how long am I letting God work on me? Am I allowing him access only until I can get back up on my feet? Am I allowing him access only until I can see the light at the end of the tunnel? Am I allowing him access only until he puts my mess back together? When I come to him with my mess, when I come to him with my brokenness, am I allowing him access just until I think I can take, I can take the wheel back over, Jesus, I got this. Thank you. Thanks for bailing me out. I'll take it from here. How long? Some of the areas in our life get far too much time. They get far too much passion. Revelation 3, 14 and 6, through 16. And the angel, and unto the angel of the Lord of the Laodiceans write, These things saith the Amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. I know thy works, that thou art neither cold nor hot. I would that thou art cold or hot. So then, because thou art lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will spew thee out of my mouth. These are harsh words, but they're true words. And they're meant as a warning to us. They're meant as a warning to tell us, don't get to that point. Bishop, in his commentary on Revelation, says of these verses, and I'm quoting, services were carried out to near perfection. The choir, the soloist, the ushers, the minister, they all knew their role to fill, and they filled it precisely. He continues in saying, while there was pomp and splendor, while the preacher did at least on occasion preach from the Bible... While they did sing the songs of Zion, there was no fervor in what they were doing. There was religion without anointing, there was worship without excitement, and there was preaching 
without anointing. End quote. I don't want the personal devotion in this temple. So that may be said of that. I don't want my prayer life to be empty, shallow, void, and nothing but something to fill space. I don't want to offer him a five-minute distracted prayer on my way to work when I'm half asleep anyway. In my opinion, there are two ways you can arrive at lukewarm spiritually. There are two roads to spiritually lukewarm. The first is obvious. You're spiritually hot. You're on fire. You're passionate for the things of God, but you begin to fizzle. You begin to get comfortable with things that are around you or where you are in Christ. Let me encourage you, you don't ever have to stop growing. Never stop growing in Christ. Never stop growing and learning and continuing to dig in his word and continuing to speak more to him, to hear him more. Never, ever stop. For that is the beginning of lukewarm. Secondly, in my opinion, probably more the Laodicean church and possibly the generation that we live in is when you take hot and cold water and mix them together. So picture with me when you run hot water in your house to wash your hands, to wash your dishes, whatever the case may be, and that water's just too hot, what do you do? You mix cold water with it. Keep turning that knob until it gets to a comfortable level. Laodicea covered their lack of spiritual sensitivity with an excellent order, with talents, with abilities. So the question is, what am I covering my lack of spiritual sensitivity with? Am I covering it up with my involvement in church? Well, I'm super involved, so I can't be lukewarm. Don't be silly. I'm involved. I'm on the platform. I do this. I do that. Well, I'm super modest, so it's obvious I'm on fire for God. I can't be lukewarm because I'm just so modest. Well, I do so many good deeds. Do you have any idea how many more Bible studies I did than you this last month? I'm on fire. You are lukewarm or cold. Who knows? We do this on our own mind, though. We ignore these signs. We ignore these things that come in around us and start forming and shaping us. They start adding drip by drip by drip cold water into that hot stream that you have in your spiritual relationship. But the thing is, we want to cover up these imperfections. We have these things come in that the light begins to form on. God begins to reveal to us. God begins to show us. God begins to speak to us, and we get a little uncomfortable. Well, let's just let's cover that up. I don't want to have to deal with that. I don't want to have to deal with my insecurities, so I'll just cover that up. And I'm very anti-confrontational, so I do that sometimes naturally. It drives my wife crazy. We try to compensate. We try to cover things up with our own righteous acts. So now let's talk about aperture. Aperture controls the amount of light that hits your camera sensor. The amount of light hits your camera sensor. It's the small opening at the end of your lens that gets smaller or larger in order to allow more or less light through your lens. Revelation 3 and 20, Behold, I am, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come in with him. I will sup with him and he with me. Reading from Bishop's commentary on this verse, he gives us a story Quoting, when Holman Hunt painted that wonderful picture of the thorn-crowned king outside the door knocking, he showed his picture to his dearest friend just before he was set to go on public exhibit in his studio. His friend looked at it, at the kingly figure of Christ, at the rough and rugged door and the clinging tendrils which had spread themselves over the door, and suddenly Hunt 
and suddenly, Hunt, you have made a terrible mistake. The artist says, what mistake have I made? And he says, you have painted a door without a handle. And he replies, I have not made a mistake. The door has no handle on the outside. The handle is on the inside. End quote. Likewise, how much access am I giving God? How often do I open that door? Is the door just a little bit open? Just bare, your aperture is so shut, God can't even get in there. Or is it wide open? Saying, God, come in. God, come in and form and mold and do whatever you need to do. Will I allow my fear of exposure to the light to keep God from finishing the work that he has for me? My pride, will it keep that aperture shut long enough that God cannot finish the work? On display at the Academia Art Gallery in Florence, Italy is a statue of David. The statue is an astonishing one, 14 feet tall. And there were two artists that rejected the job before Michelangelo ever touched it. Two artists that began to chip. They began to work. They began to form. And both of them came back and said, there's too many imperfections in this marble. It's not a good enough piece of marble. There's too many crevices. There's too many caverns. There's too many imperfections in this mold. I can't, I can't create a masterpiece out of this mess. When asked about the extreme difficulty in carving this magnificent sculpture from such an imperfect mold, he responded, Michelangelo responded in saying his job was simply to remove everything that was extraneous or extra, removing what didn't belong, removing everything that didn't look like David, he was quoted in saying. So he didn't look at it as, well, let me see how I have to deal with the imperfections, how I have to deal with these things that aren't perfect, that aren't in order yet. He said, I just have to take out everything that doesn't look like David. I just have to take out everything that doesn't belong. Everything that isn't intended to stay there, I'm going to take it out. And then what you get when you're finished is a masterpiece. The statue of David is a beautiful thing. And as you go in the Academia of, uh, Gallery of Art, when you go to look at this thing, or so I see in pictures, the hallway leading up to the Statue of David, there's a hallway leading up to it. And when you go through that hallway, you'll see four sculptures, four sculptures, two on either side. And what's significant and special about these statues is that they're not finished. They're unfinished sculptures on either side. So as you walk and you see this beautiful masterpiece just ahead of you, on each side as you go through this hallway... There's sculptures that aren't finished. There's pieces of them that are finished. You can see a face. You can see a torso. But, but there's also blocks of marble left on them. There's extraneous things. There's things that aren't supposed to be left there. It's claimed that the artist deliberately left them incomplete to represent the struggle of human beings to free themselves from their material trappings, to signify these things that we can take upon ourselves and that weigh us down that bind us up, and we try so desperately to free ourselves from them. That's where we run into issues. We try to free ourselves. I try to tear these things off of me. We must be submitted to God's hands because the statue of David was just as these captive statues one time. It was unfinished. It wasn't perfect. It was full of imperfections. It was a mess. It was trapped in the mold that it was meant to come out of. We must stay submitted to God's hands so he can remove all that stuff, all the stuff that I have added, 
all the stuff the world tries to add, all the stuff my pride tries to keep in this mold. Well, God, I'll do whatever, whatever you need. I'll do whatever you want. Well, I, I can't quite give that up. God starts chipping. He starts removing. He starts forming. And, and then just, just when you are able to see this beautiful masterpiece come to play, you see, you start to see what, what God is building. You start to see what he's framing. And then all of a sudden, the mold, we start to fight back. We start to say, no, 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 no. I can't give that up. I can't give. That's a piece of who I am. And God says, that's not a piece of what I need you to be. We must expose ourselves to the light. Yes, there's imperfections, but remember what we talked about earlier. Every piece of you is intentional. Every piece of who you are, the things you think is a mistake, God sees flecks of color. Every imperfection that's in me, God sees a masterpiece in the making. Every piece of you that you think, well, I just, I can't do this because of this. I can't do this because I struggle with that. I can't do this because this is where I came from. I can't do this because this. God sees potential. He sees the masterpiece that is yet to be removed from the mess. Philippians 1 and 10, that ye may approve things that are excellent, that ye may be sincere and without offense to the day of Christ. Our culture today is many times more concerned with the appearance rather than the substance. They're more concerned with how that sculpture looks than what the sculpture really is. Many times we want to project the appearance of success rather than putting in the time, effort, prayer that it takes to be successful. We want a straight shot to the top. We want to look, we want to drive the newest car, we want to have the nicest house, we want to have the nicest things, we want to be up with all the trends, we want to be just prim, proper, perfect. We want to be concerned with more on how it looks in an Instagram square than the content, the substance that is actually there. I want to... We don't need to focus more on what something looks like so much that we fight against the mold. Well, I can't do that because then Brother Matt's going to know that God took that piece away from me. And he's going to know that might have been an issue. Well, I can't do that because then Timothy is going to know that I gave up my smartphone and he's going to wonder. <laughs> well, I can't do that because then if they see that I'm making these changes, they're going to wonder what's going on. They're going to start talking. They're going to start piecing things together. And they're going to realize I'm a fraud. They're going to realize there's imperfections in me. They're going to realize there's some things that I struggle with. They're going to realize I'm a human being. And I struggle with things. That I'm not finished. I'm not what they think I am. To live for God is not to be perfect. In no sense. But it is to allow the Creator to work on me. Every situation that's uncomfortable begins to mold you. Every situation that is painful, it's just another chip of that mold coming off. Every situation that makes you feel like you can't go another step, it's just God chiseling and molding, shaping, forming. I just don't know if I can take this anymore. This is just too painful. And God's like, just hang on. We're almost there. I just have a little more work to do in this particular area, and it's going to be beautiful. Just a little more work in this circumstance. You just, just, just this circumstance, you don't understand it now. You don't understand this diagnosis now. You don't understand what's going on now. But you have no idea who's going to need to look at that. You have no idea who's going to need to look at you as you're walking through this chiseling, as you're walking through this chipping, as you're walking through this hurtful situation, how some people are going to need to look at it and say, man, 
that really did make a beautiful picture. That really did make a masterpiece. Tell me where you came from. Tell me about your story. Tell me about where God brought you from. Tell me about the imperfections that God had to pull out of you. Tell me about the things that God had to chip away in you. Tell me that it's possible this can be for me too. We must expose ourselves to the light. Not only so that we can be formed, but so that we can reveal that everybody else can too. God has predestined for us to be his sons, called each and every one of us. So if I have to walk through a difficult circumstance so that somebody down the road can understand it can work, if I have to be full of imperfections and a mess so somebody else can see, man, that guy is a mess and God still used him, then so be it. If I can help somebody else jump on the potter's wheel and say, man, what you did to him, I want you to do something to me. I see the way that you changed his life, so I want you to change mine. I see the way you brought him out of that absolutely terrible, nothing good can come of it circumstance, and I want you to take this thing that I'm in, and I want you to pull me out of it. We have to be willing to reveal ourselves to the light. Chuck Swindoll, in his book, The Quest for Character, says, sincere is actually a Latin word meaning without wax. The Greek term means sun-tested, sun-tested. So you see, the ancients had a very fine porcelain, which was very valued and therefore expensive. Still quoting here, often when fired in the kiln, the tiny cracks would appear. Dishonest merchants would smear pearly white wax onto this imperfect thing. And it would pass for a true porcelain held up until it was held up to the light of the sun. Honest dealers mark their flawless wares, seen Sarah, seen Sarah, which means without wax, end quote. So what happened was they had this valuable, precious. It took longer to form than these imperfect frauds. It took longer to form. There was substance there. It took the artist a little bit longer. It was a little more painful on the mold. Maybe the heat was different. But what happened is they would take this thing that's full of cracks and they would rub white wax all over it. And it looked just the same. It looked exactly the same. Well, you had to walk through this situation, and it took 10 years. They had to walk through a similar situation. It took five days, and you all are the same. But then what happened was is that they would take that mug or that cup or whatever that ware was, and they would hold it up to the light. It would show cracks. When heat began to come in, it would show cracks. When wear began to happen, it would chip. It might fall apart. So what happens is these things in your life, these things that are happening, and it feels like, I just can't take this. I just don't want to walk through this. When you're held up to the light, when you're exposed to the light, there won't be cracks. When you walk through other situations, you won't have to deal with the same things again. I want to live my life without wax. I want to live my life exposed to the light. I want to live my life earnestly, sincerely. I want to live my life on display so people might see God can still do it. God's still doing it. He's still making miracles happen. He's still creating things. He's still sculpting things. He's still forming things. In a dark world, the light is still forming. Stand with me, please. Psalm 139, 15 and 16. My substance was not hid from thee when I was made in secret and curiously wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. 
thine eyes did see my substance, yet being unperfect. And in thy book, all my members were written, which is in continuance were fashioned, when as yet there was none of them. Curiously here, is in a way that shows eagerness to know or to learn something. That means God looks at me and you, and he's eager. He's excited. He looks at me, and every chip he takes out, he's like, oh, boy. Oh, here it comes. We're a little closer. We're a little closer to what I have planned for you. We're a little closer to what, oh, man. Every circumstance, every situation, every trial, every chip, every mold, God gets excited. They're letting me work on them. (laughs) God loves you so much. He loves you exactly how you are. Whatever state you're in, however, He desires more for you. He wants to walk closer to you. He wants to mold you a little more. He sees more. I wonder if sometimes my pride gets in the way. And I get stuck as one of the captives. I get stuck in a half-finished version of myself. In a three-quarter version finished of myself. But I encourage you today, expose yourself to the light. Expose yourself to His Word. Yes, there might be cracks. Yes, people might see things about you that are true that they didn't know about. But that's all right. I don't care what they think. I don't care if they think less of me. But God thinks more of me. God sees more of me. where you are right now I want you to expose yourself to the light I want you to begin to expose yourself to the light it looks different for every person if that looks like what's in your phone I want you to expose it to the light if you hold up your phone to the word are there cracks are there things in there that weren't intended to be there are those chunks on this sculpture that's half finished. My prayer life, if I hold it up to the light, are there cracks in it? Are there areas that I'm not really listening? I'm just airing out my grievances whenever I have issues. God, I wanna lift it up to you. I wanna open up the aperture of my heart and let all the light in that is possible. And I want my shutter speed to be as slow as possible so that you can stay, so that you can stay and work. I want to turn my ISO. I want to turn my sensitivity up to your word. I want to turn my sensitivity up to your will. I want to turn to where I'm sensitive to every whisper that comes my way, to every single moment that you're meaning to mold me, every single moment you're meaning to mold me, to shape me. I want to be sensitive to it. I want to encourage you, if you want to find a different spot to pray, if you want to come to the front, if you want to kneel where you are, I want you, I want you to take a, just a second today. I want to take a few minutes, and I want you to expose yourself to the light. Thank you for joining us today. We pray you have been encouraged. If you would like more information about Medora Pentecostal Church, you can check out our website at www.medorachurch.com. Thank you.